It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now here's your host, Ted Ramey. Minute to go. Here comes Barabana, moving left to right, crosses the line. Hurdles reaching for the play. Hurdle spins it around, and Carlson's there on the point. Beats the middle of the ice. Kane in front, turning. Hurdle shooting, save, rebound, score. Alexander Barabanov ties the game. With 48.1 seconds to go. Yeah, you know, it, it feels a little bit like preseason should have felt. I think, uh, um, you know, you're trying different guys, different combinations, and, uh, um, you know, certain guys are getting, you know, you know tonight we, we've put some new faces on the PK, and, um, you know, and, and, and just, uh, um, you know, trying to experiment a little bit and, and put guys in situations, hopefully, to succeed. And, uh, um, you know, I think you've seen that in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and, you know, we listen, we got some veteran guys who are, who are sitting out uh, um, that are banged up a little bit. You know, you go down the list, there's some pretty good players that are not playing tonight. So, you know, it's uh, it's an opportunity for these young guys and, and, and the veterans have to, uh, you know, do their part leading and playing hard. And I think uh, and everybody has done that. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in our lives. I hope you're all having a lovely Sunday. Um, you know, listening to Bob Bugner there say that comment about this is what a training camp vibe should have been like or this is what they would have done in a normal preseason, that hit me with a, a certain amount of gravity because I realized I never even considered that going on, really. You know, you, you just knew that the, the year was weird, right? Like there was, there was what, a... A 10-day training camp after nine months off with no exhibition games in which you were trying to work in your new coaching staff and system. And it's wild to me that in light of all that, the Sharks were able to be as competitive and as in the playoff hunt as late as they were. Obviously, it didn't work out. I'm not going to try and deny that and tell you that it didn't, but it's interesting to hear Bugner acknowledge that there is a training camp vibe going on right now that would have occurred in what we try and associate with a normal season where you do have a longer training camp, where you do have more of that opportunity to just kind of figure things out, figure out your talent, see what's out there, work the younger guys into those preseason games to give them more of a chance to try and build upon their game as opposed to what you've seen with a Kozhenash or a Melnichuk where you're just throwing them out there to the, to the deep end and saying, okay, swim, you know? See what you can do. It's it's different in an NHL game than it is in a preseason game because you can kind of see that intensity build over the course of the game. You can see a little bit more kind of work its way into things. But really, really just fascinating to hear Bob Bugner say that because I, I didn't or I hadn't considered it in that sense leading up to this, that this is more akin to what you would have had with a normal preseason. And just to watch the way that everything has kind of built around what was a very, very strange start to the season. I mean, the first eight weeks of the year, you're away from your homes. 14 of the first 16 games, you're on the road. 
I mean, it's wild. I just, I, I try to think about all these things in the context of what we have seen from the Sharks this year. And also, that same thing was true for the Barracuda. And you don't really pull yourself away from the immediacy of what's been going on because it's game in, game out. You're talking about what the Sharks have been doing. You're talking about what the Sharks are trying to do. You're trying to, you know, be in that playoff race. You're trying to improve the product on the ice. I acknowledged over the course of the year that that things have been difficult for the Sharks, but I never really thought about it in the context of what you would have had in terms of a preparation period for the younger guys. And that's what the team has been trying to do. They've been trying to get this opportunity for the younger guys while they are still building the game of key players to part of the franchise and getting guys to have bounce back years. I mean, this is to me everything that you would have had in a normal preseason happening in the last couple games of the year. And as I've talked about, you always want to maximize your opportunities. You want to get the most out of this time period because what other point do you have to maximize it? You're getting guys time on the ice to build before they go into training camp next year. And I know there's talk about the worlds. Um, you might see Balsers out there, Kanijov. I have no problem with that. You know, as long as these guys stay healthy, I want them to get more opportunity to be playing at a high level. And you heard about them talking about it in the broadcast last night. You know, Kanijov, this is an opportunity that he never would have had a year ago. And now he's had this great opportunity as a young player for the Sharks who's really come in and established his game. It, it's a great opportunity. It's a great thing to see happening for the Sharks because you always want more to build upon. You always want more talent. You want more opportunity. And in a year like this, this has been unlike anything we've ever seen, just like last year and the way everything got ended early was unlike anything we've ever seen. You're trying to maximize the opportunity. I'm not going to try and, and BS y'all. I wish the Sharks had been better this year. It would have been a lot more entertaining if they had been, if they were still fighting for a playoff spot this late into the year. But you have to take into context everything that was happening with the crazy start to the year. I think that put them at a deficit and they were never able to really establish a lot of what they were trying to do because it was just, it was keep your head above water. It was keep your head above water. And in a team like the Sharks this year, they needed a regular preseason. They needed a training camp. They needed those things. They didn't get them. And I give a lot of credit to the coaching staff and I give a lot of credit to the franchise in general for making things happen and making the team kind of, you, you band-aided it for a bit, you know, and it was until that eight-game losing streak, and even in the midst of the eight-game losing streak, the Sharks were still in it. It was just kind of the writing was on the wall, that it wasn't going to happen. So I am trying to look at everything this year with a, not even a grain of salt, I just have to be realistic. I just have to be realistic about what was going on this year, and obviously, like I said, we all wanted the Sharks to be in a fight for a playoff spot, and for the majority of the season, they were. Like I said, that eight-game losing streak, was when reality came in and it was like, okay, this isn't happening this year. But it was not like they were the only team that was having struggles, and it took an eight-game losing streak for them to kind of be knocked out of it. And during that same stretch when they were having trouble, the teams they were in contention with, the Coyotes and the Blues and the Kings as well, none of those teams were playing great hockey or suddenly doing what was necessary to thrust themselves above the other. Everybody was just kind of staying in the same spot. Nobody was truly separating themselves and that, I think, is indicative of the entirety of the year. And now, as a franchise, the Sharks have got to be looking at what they've done this year and how they can make that work for them next year. And I think one of the most important things that we've talked about this year was the reestablishing the team culture. And I think that that's still, that's still ongoing. It's not something that's perfect as of yet because you are, you're making up for the loss of big personalities. Let's, let's not lie. You've got... Joe Pavelski, no longer with the franchise. You've got Joe Thornton, no longer with the franchise. These were pillars 
of the dressing room. These were guys that were captains, that were, you know, league stars. Uh, You can't just replace that overnight. And that's not a knock on any of the existing leadership group here in San Jose. That's just how it is. Those are big personalities that are hard to replace. You also had a change in head coach in there. You also had Pete DeBoer, who had been the guy who had been at the helm of the Sharks and taken them to their first Stanley Cup final and been with the teams through some of their most incredible moments. You make that transition to Bob Bugner halfway or not even halfway through last year. It was going to take time. And I think that having that change at the head coaching position while you're having a season of struggle, while you're just trying to keep the team uh, you know, afloat, it led to some culture issues. And I think that guys last year in particular were playing a lot of hero hockey. They were not playing within the system. They were trying to do too much themselves. They were gripping. They were tightening up. You could see it. You didn't have to be some brilliant tactical mind for the Sharks or for the hockey world in general to see that the Sharks were trying to do too much. The guys were gripping. There was a lack of cohesion. And I also want to point out that when they talk about the lack of the the culture or reestablishing the culture, I don't think it was some issue where it was like, uh, you know, the the A's back in the early 70s where everybody hated each other and guys were getting in fist fights in the, in the dugout. It's not like that. It was the fact that there was just a lack of cohesion and there were guys trying to do too much and guys were putting everything on their shoulders and you didn't have as much of a team mentality. I think over the course of this year, you have had that team mentality. You have seen it start to rebuild. I know there was a moment earlier this year where Logan Couture got knocked down. At least I think it was Logan Couture. And immediately the first guy by his side while he's down on the ice and he's holding his hand is Eric Carlson. And just to see that kind of a reaction, to see that kind of literal humanity taking place before your eyes, it's encouraging to see. And you you know how much these guys all mean to each other. Seeing something like that, that speaks volumes to me. It might not speak volumes to you, but it does to me. And it tells me that things are headed in the right direction. That doesn't mean there's not still work to be done, but that means that things are headed in the right direction. These guys care about each other. These guys fight for each other. And you see that in the way that they bounce back from bad games. Even last night, you know, Friday night was not their best performance. Last night, they come back with a better game, a better response. Rudolph Balsers has a better game. Timo Meyer has been responding to some, you know, just some bad play over the course of the year. Kevin LeBanc comes in and gets it done. He's responding. The guys are all fighting for one another. And there was a, a really cute moment after the game. And I'll play a clip for you here where Nikolai Kanizhov was translating for Alexei Melnichuk. And I, I, there's something about that. I just thought that was, that was cute. Like I thought that it was indicative of the friendships and the nature of what's going on inside the Sharks dressing room right now where you can have a teammate with seemingly no qualms go up there and translate for another guy. I mean, that's not Kanijov's job, right? I mean, that's just that's just who he is. That's what he wants to do for his teammate. That's what he wants to do for his countrymate. I, I thought that was really cool. And again, it's indicative of the, the positive steps that the Sharks have taken this year to reestablish everything about their team culture. Because it's not just about the fight on the ice. And it's not just about you know, be nice to one another. It's 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 that and more. It's just overall reestablishing what those guys all mean to each other in the dressing room. And I think Bob Bugner has done a really, really good job with that this year. And he's not made any qualms about challenging established stars or about challenging the goalies or the young guys or whoever it's been. If your play has been off, he's going to call you out on it. There is equal footing for guys across the team. And I think that's an important 
message to send to the team. There are no stars who are getting preferential treatment. Everyone is fighting to make the team better because it needs everyone to make the team better. It's not just the stars are going to make the team better, or it's not just the young guys that are make the team better. It's everyone that's going to make the team better. And I think that message goes beyond the Sharks. It goes to the Barracuda, and it goes to the younger guys. And you have to look at the fact that there were nine players added in last year's draft. They moved out a couple of free agents to add additional picks in the next two drafts, and you have the potential to add a few more. That message, to me, tells the younger guys that it's on them to be a part of the future of the Sharks, that they are going to be a big part of what the team does. And I think that that message being taken from the, the top team all the way down to the American League and beyond that, it's it's telling. At least it is to me. I think that is a message that is sent to the guys that they are building for beyond. They didn't trade young guys at the deadline to try and fight for a playoff spot this year. They could have, but they didn't. They stayed with the idea of what they wanted to do. You can call it a reset. You can call it a refresh. You can call it whatever you want to. I don't really care what terminology you want to use with this, but the Sharks stuck with what they said they were using this year for based on everything that was going on, based on their existing level of talent, based on what they were trying to do. They did not trade away young players. They they were building. This is a team-building exercise across all levels of the franchise. They're building draft picks. They're building younger players. They are building the first team. They are building the American League team. They're trying to build themselves back up to be what they were in the past. And right now, that is maximizing these last few games to get these guys' time on the ice. Melnichuk was not perfect last night by any means, but he settled in after the first period. He had a really good second period, and he battled throughout the course of the game, and that's what I was hoping to see. It doesn't just happen in one game. I never expect to see a young player come in, especially a goalie, and wow me after one game. If they wow me and they shut out the world in one game, then you'd obviously be thinking, well, why have we been using this guy the entire time? So it tells me, whether it's Nabby, uh, whether it's whoever it is, that they evaluate these guys as being not at the NHL level as of yet. But that doesn't mean they can't quickly ascend to that level. Kojinash has looked more and more comfortable with each passing game. He has not always had the consistent performance of each and every game, but his game has slowly but surely improved just in terms of the overall comfort level that he displays on the ice. It's the same thing that I saw last night for Melnichuk. He looked overwhelmed in that first period. He looked like he didn't know just how to respond in every situation. He looked like he was a little bit overwhelmed by the speed. There was not a lot of smoothness to his game. I think that's a big difference between him and Kojinash. Kojinash looks a little bit more uh, polished. He looks a little bit more comfortable. Uh, Melnichuk, it looks like he's relying on a lot of his natural physical skill set, even though he isn't the biggest guy but there is a lack of smoothness to his game. Gets a little clunky, gets a little chunky, but it almost has a different kind of style about it. And I also appreciated that when watching his his play. Like he looked very idiosyncratic compared to other goalies in the league. There was a very unique nature about watching him play. Like he had his very own style. And sometimes those guys that have their very own style, it really builds into something special. And I hope that's the case. I hope every single one of the guys that are on the Sharks right now in terms of the younger guys that they do build into something special. And I think that you have a lot of the ingredients with the Sharks franchise to help these guys continue to build into something special. It doesn't happen with every franchise. You can get stuck, but the Sharks have already shown me that they've done 
a pretty positive step of identifying some key talent and identifying guys that they think have a future with the team. The fact that they were able to acquire a guy like Barabanov and immediately insert him to the lineup and watch him go. The way Knizhov has stepped up, right? Balsers is another example. Jonathan Leonard is another example. And I look at the development of Mario Ferraro with the first two years with the team. That shows me that the Sharks have the ability to build talent, have the ability to take something and make it into a NHL-level product and a high-functioning NHL-level product. And I, I can talk to a number of teams that have not been able to do that in the NHL, but it feels like the Sharks are doing that. Does that mean every prospect is going to turn into a star? No, of course not. But I do feel like the Sharks have a pretty good idea about what they're trying to do and how they're trying to do it. And one of the things that I took, I don't know, maybe umbrage with or just disagreed with was this idea that the Sharks were inconsistent with their messaging where they were saying, oh, well, is this a reset or are they battling for the playoffs? And in my mind, I always said, why can't you do both at the same time? You try to maximize your game over the course of a season, be it just 56 games, but you're trying to get the most out of it. You want to battle for the playoffs. You want your existing core players, your Carlsons, your Canes, your Hurdles, your Coutures, your Myers, your Burns. You want these guys to have good seasons. You want to be able to build around the high-level play that they are capable of. If things go perfectly, those young players step up and the other key players step up and you're able to fight for the playoffs. And for the majority of the year, the Sharks were in that fight. It didn't work out that way in the end, obviously, but the Sharks tried to make the most of their situation. They wanted to battle for the playoffs. They did that. They also wanted to develop younger talent. They did that. It was just harder to do so because they were never given the full evaluation period of a normal preseason. That's what changed the dynamic, and I think that's what may have sent mixed messaging because some people didn't like the fact that the Sharks were fighting for the playoffs but also trying to develop young talent because some thought that that was something that just couldn't be done. I I say otherwise. Now, you don't have to agree with me, but it did feel like that was happening this year. And let's be honest, from the top down, there is a high level of expectation with the San Jose Sharks. This is not like every other franchise in the NHL. The expectation is to be in the playoffs year after year. And I'm sure for Doug Wilson, I don't know if he'd come out and say it in as many words, but I'm sure his standard is to get this team turned around as quickly as possible and back into contention. And in my opinion, Doug Wilson was never going to send the message to the younger players in particular or any of the older guys that this year was not about making the playoffs. It's always about being the best team that you can possibly be. They tried to do that while also working on other goals like developing and evaluating young talent. All right, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we are going to get into some of the post-game reactions after last night's overtime loss, including what Bob Bugner thought on Melnichuk, uh, Timo Meyer on his own game, and much more. You're on Morning Tide. Coors Light wants to help you catch a Sharks game from the best seats in the house. Just share a photo of your Sharks at-home game setup to sjsharks.com slash home ice for a chance to win Coors Light silver seats tickets, Sharks gear, and more. Winners will be chosen weekly. So post a pic showing how you watch the Sharks to sjsharks.com slash home ice today. 2021 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Must be 21 or older. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Meyer pulling his way in behind the defense. Shoot, score! A power move by Timo Meyer getting around Galagoski and 
slamming it home. That is a spectacular goal for Timo Meyer, and it is 3-2 Sharks. Yeah, I just uh, great, great pass by Bank. I was coming in with speed, so saw there was some room and uh, just took it to the net. Yeah, that's exactly what we talked about the other day and, uh, um, you, you know, using that frame and, you know, exposing people with the speed. And I like how he dropped his leg, his, his uh, inside leg, and he cut to the middle. And it's tough to stop, uh, or, you know, went wide and cut to the middle. I think that's, uh, um, you know, something that we would love to see more of. And and I think that, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a good way. It's a good way to finish the season for him. Uh, you know, he's got, I think, two in his last three and, uh, um, you know, sort of Timo style of uh, goals. Yeah, that goal from Timo Meyer that got me up off my couch. Literally, I stood up and I was just like, oh, because that's that's what the guy's capable of. There have been so many times this year where I've talked about what Timo Meyer specifically is capable of and the way his power game can change the dynamic of what's happening out there on the ice. That happened right then and there, and he's been playing with greater authority in the last couple of games. He's been playing with a more physical brand of hockey, and he's got to use that. I don't know why there's been hesitation this year. I don't know why he hasn't done that more often. And I know it's easy to say, oh, well, he had success. Why didn't he have success more often? I understand that is a, a weird argument to make sometimes. But listen, we all know what Timo Meyer is capable of, and there's just been hesitance this year. And that that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. And I think that that's going to be one of the things that they focus on going into the offseason with Timo Meyer and talking about his game and evaluating what they've seen from him this year is that how can he be better? How can he be more consistent? How can he get to use that power game more and more on the ice? And they might need to have him talk to Evander Kane about that as well, because although they have different types of games, different types of power forwards, I'm sure Evander Kane can give him, um, you know, just some tips or pointers or just tell him what to look for or how to use things. There's got to be a way to more consistently develop what you get from Timo Meyer because we know what he's capable of. Capability, potential, it's not the same as an actual reality, but we've seen it. And I don't think it was just a flash for one year. I don't think the 2018-2019 Timo Meyer was just a one-and-done type player. I think he's capable of much, much more, and I think that that needs to be a big part of what the Sharks are trying to do. But boy, that was one of those goals that you just said to yourself, look at how much potential there is. Look at Timo Meyer and what he is capable of. Look at what Timo Meyer can do to a game. He does that consistently, and he is a bear of a problem for every team that goes against the Sharks. And I get it. Sometimes there's a broken record feel of the way we talk about Timo Meyer, and it's because he's capable of doing things like that. It's because he's capable of literally changing a game in an instant. So next year, over the course of what we assume is a normal 82-game schedule, that's the Timo Meyer we need to see. That's the Timo Meyer that needs to be there every single night. And even though it is happening later than we would have liked it to have happened, at least at this point, Timo Meyer is finding a certain aspect of his game that you hope he can build upon heading into next year. All right, in terms of building for next year, we obviously saw the first ever start of Alexei Milnichuk. And we got to look at him a little bit earlier in the year when he came in for Martin Jones. Uh, but we got more of an idea of his game last night. We got to see a lot more of his uh, style, of his play. This is what Bob Bugner had to say. Um, you know, he battled hard. He played hard. I think uh, um, there's probably one or two that he might have wanted back. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that, uh, you know, there was some nerves and it's his first start in the NHL. And, uh, you know, it, I think it's a good thing that he got in there and that, uh, you know, he he's that that 
first game whole uh, drama is over with and, and uh, you know, much like probably uh, uh, Joseph, you know, Joseph continued to get better after he, uh, um, you know, got over the nerves. So, you know, I, I guess you score four, um, you know, you expect to get a point, which we did. Um, it'd have been nice to get both. And he offered more on Milnichuk settling in in that second period. Yeah, he did. He did. And, uh, um, he, you know, he's think about where he's, uh, he's come from in, uh, in one season of hockey and, and playing in three different leagues and, uh, you know, going spans, being on a taxi squad and, uh, um, you know, and, and just being bumped around a little bit, uh, you know, he got his game in and, uh, we got a point and, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, that whole, that, that whole thing's behind him now. And, uh, um, you know, hopefully he feels more comfortable as next start. And Bugner also talked about the team battling for Milanichuk over the course of the game and fighting to earn him a point. Yeah, that was, that was, that was nice that, uh, uh, you know, Milanichuk got a, at least a point out of his first start and I was happy for him for that. And, uh, uh yeah, we, <clears throat> Bear Bonoff's been a great addition. Um, you know, you could see he was, he was all over the play tonight offensively and uh, um, you know that line's dangerous and uh, you know his hockey sense um, you know something that this team uh, we needed some skill and we needed a little bit of uh, of that presence up front and I think he supplied that so Barabanov's been great and, and Melnichuk's uh, um, you know gets his first uh, you know gets his first start and gets his first point as a goaltender. And now after the game, because Melnichuk does not speak English particularly well, you had Kanijov coming in and translating for him, which again, I thought was kind of cute. And I think it's indicative of the way these guys are all looking out for each other. I'll give you a, a taste of how that went down. Question, uh, how, did, how did you feel about your first NHL start? Uh, uh, sorry, my English is bad. I feel better. Скажи ему, что я типа со второго периода чувствовал себя нормально, с первого периода была легкая. You know, he's obviously, uh, just like everyone else, their first game, he was a little bit nervous off the start, but he started to feel better going into second period. And that gave you a peek at one of the more interesting sides of the Sharks locker room, that you do have this multicultural aspect, guys from all over the world. You've got a couple of Russian speakers, and then you have a guy like Kanijov, who has certainly solidified his role with the team this year, and he can come in and help Melnichuk speak to the audience and get what he wants to say out to the media. That's an important asset to have. You don't have everybody that has the ability to quickly learn a language like others. I think we got kind of spoiled with Tomas Hurdle because he learned English so quickly. It went from being rough to being conversational very, very quickly. And that's not going to be like that for everybody. And you don't know what their skill level is in terms of the English language. But to me, just having that teammate come out there and not stand up for you, but help you in an important moment in your career when you get your first NHL start, that speaks volumes to me. It really does. But really, this all comes back to what the Sharks are trying to do right now in terms of taking advantage of these last couple of games. It's getting the most out of this opportunity for your young players. The playoffs don't matter anymore. Your standings don't matter anymore. The only thing that quote-unquote matters is improving game of existing guys, and that means you like seeing Timo Meyer establish his game more even going into the end of the season. You obviously would have liked it to have been better earlier on, uh, but that's something you can take advantage of. And like we've said, you are getting this opportunity for younger guys uh, to showcase themselves to get experience and to make up for the lack of a regular training camp and regular preseason like you otherwise would have normally had. And I think that if we look at this five, 10 years down the line, we're probably going to look at this year as a very, very important year, probably more important than we originally thought it would be because you didn't know that this year was going to go this way. You didn't know that you were going to be able to have these opportunities. You didn't know you were going to have a shortened everything. You didn't know that your training camp, I mean, this was a, 
a year where everybody just said we're waiting and seeing and we're waiting and seeing and you didn't get started until 2021. And obviously there were key departures in the offseason like a Joe Thornton. And you looked at what was happening with the Sharks and what they've been able to turn it into. I'm viewing it as overall a positive. Yes, it would have been better if you make the playoffs, but this team was not going to make a deep run. And now you're potentially getting a higher draft pick, which is helpful, obviously. And now you are helping situate yourself for the future because you're either winning or you're not. And you have to make sure that if you're not winning, if you're not in contention, that you maximize those opportunities, that you get the most out of your game, out of your team to turn yourself into a contender again in the near future. It's like I talked about. Doug Wilson was not about to come out there and tell his veterans or tell the young guys that they weren't battling for anything. That should never be the standard. It should be go for the highest possible outcome, which in this year was to make the playoffs. That goal was not met. Of course, there were other circumstances, which doesn't even come close to summing up what was actually going on, but there was a lot more than just the 56 games on the ice going on. And now we've got one more game. It's Wednesday night. It's against the Coyotes. It is one more opportunity for the Sharks to give young guys a little bit of a chance. It's another opportunity for the Sharks to see advanced veteran players give themselves a Uh, a good close to the season, and you just want to go out with a feeling of positivity. And that doesn't mean a win, because I don't know if a win is in the cards against Vegas in your final game of the year, but you would hope that you would have a good performance to finish off the year. And I think that's what the team needs. They need to go out with a little bit of positivity. They need to see guys perform. They need to have that bite against their biggest rivals right now. And that doesn't mean you want to be stupid or get hurt or anything, but you just want to go out and represent yourself and your team and your teammates well. And on the other side, I'm bummed this is going to be the last game of the year. 56 games of Sharks hockey is not enough for me. I'll be honest. I need a lot more than that. 82 is barely enough for me, and we've been spoiled with getting so much playoff hockey year after year after year. But like I said, this is not enough hockey for me. I always want to see more. But that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. Again, happy Mother's Day. I will talk to you all on Thursday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Balagoski feeds near side. Broussard back to the point. One tip there by Garland, but it's a giveaway. And up ice comes LeBanc. He's got Eric Carlson breaking in. Here's the play. LeBanc shoots. Score! Eric Carlson was driving the center lane. LeBanc moved to the left to the middle of the ice. Toad dragged it for just a little bit and snapped the puck past Aiden Hill to make the score. The Sharks 2 and the Coyotes 2.